Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. It was just about empty. And I was standing about halfway back with my wife. We were talking to Sister LaDonna Blue and that grandma and grandpa or mom and dad, I don't know who it was, I couldn't see real good, was a leading that boy, staggering out from underneath this tabernacle, up there through them trees, trying to put him in the car. I'd say they probably ended up getting him in the trunk. He was out of this world. Out of this world. And then a youngin prayed through the baptism of the Holy Ghost last night from down in County Line, Texas. If, if we had time to find out what all went on in that altar service, I'm telling you, oh, it was wonderful. If it was wonderful, if, if, if it was wonderful, it, it, I mean, there was, there was bodies piled up along up through here. I shouted till I run out of room. Uh, then I just sat down and wished everybody would get out of my way. <laughs> Oh, it was wonderful what God was doing for us. And I got about as much of a message tonight as a, as a coon hound. I have. I'm telling you, I'm just going to read a little text and talk to you about something that I feel more like talking about than anything else. Did everybody do what you felt like doing in the service tonight? Has everybody done what they felt like doing in the service tonight? In the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 21, let's read the story about the man who wouldn't sell out. What do you say? In the book of 1 Kings, chapter 21, I'd like to thank you for the offering that you received for us yesterday in the day service. I appreciate it. And uh, somebody's buying my hamburgers, and I appreciate it. Somebody's buying my nachos. I appreciate it. I snuck a Mountain Dew out of the cooler. I'll take care of that after a while unless Oscar pays for it for me. (laughs) And just be led of God, man. My evangelist buddies are here. We've been sandwiched in here like a bunch of sardines. Oh, the aroma was right around the altar last night. (laughs) And I'd like for the Lord to bless us and touch us on this last night. I might have preached to the lost in this meeting if it had hit me just right, but it didn't. And what I really felt like a preaching... The more I thought about it, the more I talked it over with my wife, the more we decided it just might not fit this year. So I'll probably be preaching it down at Brother Ben Shaw's. But however it goes, I want the Lord to bless us and touch us tonight. And if we leave this tabernacle tonight without sweating, shouting, running the aisles, or hooping and hollering, don't be disappointed. 
I can't do a thing about the way this service goes. I can't do a thing about it. I can't do a thing about it. I can't. All I can do is what I felt like doing behind this pulpit and let the Lord do the rest. Pray, wife. First Kings chapter 21, verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel, hired by the palace of, king, uh, uh, of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give it thee, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. My little text for you on this Thursday night is the same text that I was going to read to you last year on this Thursday night. I told Tricia, They'll have to calm me back because a text that was a burning on my heart stills a burning on my heart. And they did. And here it is. And I'm going to leave it with you. I'm preaching to us tonight on not for sale. Plain and simple. No problems whatsoever. I'm a preaching a little while on not for sale. If you're waiting for me to pull down stars out of heaven, then you're fixing to strain me severely because I ain't even going to reach for them. If God doesn't pitch them to me, it's going to be a dead night. If you're waiting for me to go into orbit, pull down tornadoes, and swing you from the front of this tabernacle to the back, you're going to set in a hot service tonight because I ain't even going to try. But if God gets a hold of this tabernacle like he did last night and throw one leg over one side, and one leg over the other side and straddle this place. We're fixing to have a Holy Ghost hold down in spite of the devil. Not for sale is my text. In front of an east side restaurant in New York City, New York, a art collector walked down the sidewalk. Outside this little east side restaurant where this art collector was walking, he noticed a little kitty cat drinking milk out of an expensive, rare piece of pottery. And that art collector looked at that expensive, rare piece of pottery and saw that mangy feline lapping his rusty, rough tongue across it, and a brainstorm hit him. So he stepped inside that restaurant and he said sir I'll give you two dollars for that cat out there on that sidewalk and that man said oh man that cat ain't for sale no amount of money is going to buy that cat and that art collector said okay I'll up the price five dollars brother Charles 
I'll give you for that old mangy cat out there on the sidewalk. And that guy run that restaurant, looked up at him, said, five dollars? Said, five dollars. He said, sold. The cat's yours. That collector turned around and started out the door. He said, say, that cat loves that dish. And I'd hate to separate that cat from that dish. It'd be like taking candy from a baby. It'd be like taking baby from its mama. I'd hate to separate that cat from that dish. Won't you throw in that old dish along with it? That guy run that restaurant said, Oh, no, I can't do that. That dish has sold 34 cats this week. There's just some things that aren't for sale. You can't put a premium on it. Let's stop the service. Stop the service. Shut it down. Somebody's Silver Eagle bus just pulled on the ground. The door swung open. They started to unload. Here they come, bounding across the road. They set up their sound systems far and wide. Then they pick up their mics with a smile <laughs> to calm the tide. They stand up and sway with the music so fair. Some of them ain't even got a head full of hair. Here they swing and here they sing until the rafters start to shake. But there's just some things in this world that the Spirit of God cannot take. I'd rather have that boy under this service tabernacle right now that they had to lead out of here staggering under the power of God than to have the number one singing group in the country singing the number one hit of the country. I'd rather pray that boy right up and down this altar and say there's some things in this world that we just ain't stopping the meeting for. There's some things that aren't for sale. That little girl that prayed through this all you're getting. If you was expecting bells tonight, somebody else going to have to ring them. Uh, brother, sister, you can't put a price tag on that little girl that prayed through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost underneath this tabernacle. Sister Nancy Marler got up during youth service and gave a testimony and said a few years ago, she didn't even know who you was, what you was, or why you was. And now she is who, what, when, and why right among us. And you can't put a price tag on individuals that brave the storm and tack down the nail and hold the standard of God with us. You can't put a price tag on it. But did you know in this Bible story, on one side of the fence there was love and compassion and dedication and faith and God and on the other side there was covetousness and there was envy and there was greed ah yes and when you put those two elements together you're going to have a head-on religion a head-on collision with your religion every chance you get but I must maintain something I'm standing behind this pulpit there are some things that though death is inevitable, there is some things, though persecution and tribulation is inevitable, 
there are still some things that you cannot buy out or sell out or close out because they are dear and they are precious to us and we hold them as dear as life. Listen to me. Listen to me. Money, fame, lust, social standing, religious cliques, carnal appetites, as strong as these things are, there's still some folks in this world that ain't going to be pressured. They ain't going to be pushed. They're not going to be bullied. And they're not going to be made to change their mind regardless of the flow, regardless of the people, regardless of anything. They are sold out on what they've got. If the young folks underneath this tabernacle were as sold out to the religious things of God in this service as that boy was standing up underneath that tree before church or during the beginning of church while Brother Moore was calling us to order, but tickling that other boy's ear, a flirt with them two girls, if we could get you, buddy, as dedicated to the cause as we can get you fighting mosquitoes out there underneath that tree, we'd have some more young men that walked out from underneath this tabernacle staggering under the anointing of God and under the power of God and under the glory of God. If some of the borderline believing preachers that has attended this meeting would grab a hold of our message instead of grabbing a hold of our throat, they could enjoy the same blessings and the same anointing and the same power of God that we do. The difference is they sold out and we couldn't find nothing that was worth turning our back on this great and glorious gospel. Hang on. A man who's not for sale, Sister Shirley Lester, loves God supremely. Brother Ralph Cox said, when that girl brought that boy to church that night, asked him what he thought about the service. Randy, that boy said, I didn't like it. She said, didn't like it. We might as well part right here from the first time he ever told that story. And I've heard it on countless tapes. It touched my heart. It encouraged me. Listen, we are not so hard up that we have to fall for everything. We are not in such a shape that we must accept everything. God will take care of his vineyard if we don't sell out to the highest bidder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hang on, boys. I ain't a struggling yet. I'll yell for you when I feel like I need you. Listen to me right now. The devil and his crowd can raise the price. Drugs, do you say? Let's hear a word from some of the young folks. I love him too much to fail him now. I've served him too long to back up now. Let's try something else. Lust, would you say? Let's hear from somebody else. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. 
I'll not turn back. I'll not turn back. How about popularity? How about being the big shot? Let's hear from somebody else. I don't want to get adjusted to this world, to this world. I've got a home that's so much better. And so, brothers and sisters, for worldly greed, for worldly problems, for worldly gain, there's some folks that ain't going to sell out. Ahab had vast territories. He had more rock records in his rack than Kiss or Hiss or the rest of them serpents. He had more country western music than Conway Twitty or Miss Kitty or the rest of them dim witties. He had more soapy operas, more lust and carnality than he knew what to do with. But this world ain't satisfied with their side of the fence. They keep wanting to get us. They keep wanting to take us. They keep wanting to infiltrate us. But us ain't a going. Us ain't a selling out. Us ain't a giving up. Us ain't a quitting. Us ain't a giving in. We are not going to do it. Covetousness overtook Ahab. And it's overtook some of you. And it will overtake the rest of you. If you don't fight it every day. And work on it every day. Oh, how cheap some of us human beings are. How cheap, Brother Charles, some of us are. How cheap some of us are. I'm feeling more like preaching now. How cheap some of us are. Uh, you listen to me. With a chance for salvation and an altar of salvation waiting for this boy. On Friday night, on Sunday, he died back in southern Illinois. And they picked up his bodily parts and put them in a coroner's bag when the train cut him in two on the tracks in Dongola, Illinois. And he sold to the highest bidder. How cheap some of us human beings really are. Hang on now. A brother, sister, with a message and with potential and with the light of God and with the power of God, a brother and sister, there is some folks that has turned their back and sold out to God, sold out, I mean, to the devil and lost everything that they had. And it was such a cheap deal. It was such a silly thing to do. My God of heaven, hear me now. That could have been a blessing in the church. You could have paid off this meeting. You could buy every trailer that any evangelist would ever need. And yet your heart gets tight and your soul gets lean. And you find yourself with such a stingy spirit within you that you sell out to the highest bidder. And you lose your reward. And you lose your blessing with God. Pray, darling, pray. That you know sometimes with a promising life and a wonderful example, the little girl had it made, but she ran with the wrong crowd. She hit the dark places. 
And the next thing you know, we were whispering about her. And we was talking about her. And that tiny thing that she held in her arms nine months later. And a ministry that she might have had ruined. Sometimes we sell out for the cheapest things. We sell out for the cheapest things. Oh, God of heaven. And so the pressure's on the man of God. It's either the call of God or the cash. And sometimes ministers walk sheepishly up behind their pulpits, preach a half-truth, a half-gospel. They have half a congregation. They have less than half anointing. And they sold out to the highest bidder because they was worried about the money man in the church, the guy that controlled the checkbook. You, sir, may control the checkbook, but you don't control the ravens. You, sir, might control your checkbook, but you don't control the river. Woo! Listen to me, and listen to me right now. If you are not for sale, young ladies, you'll take your sign down. I refer you, if I may, to the book of Ezekiel, where Ahola and Aholahab, two fine upstanding sisters who were harlots, would you like to know how they drew attention to themselves? I believe I will. In the book of Ezekiel, it says they had a stately bed. They sent off from men for afar. Who may deck us themselves with ornaments and paintest thy eyes? It's in the Bible. You thought it was just on your face, didn't you? No. It's in the Bible. Except there's a difference. It's right and you're wrong. Trisha, where was I at? Where was I at? Can you tell I'm not too worried about this? I'm having a jolly good time right now. Say, I preached my guts out last night and worried about it. I'm going to keep my guts in tonight and enjoy it. I can't remember where I was at, but I was in some meeting, and some feller told about this lady who was walking down the street collecting money for missions, <laughs> and she had earrings on, and she walked up collecting money for these missions, and she said, I'm a missionary to the Aborigines. She said they got rings and bones in their noses. She said, heathen people, would you contribute to the cause? <laughs> oh, there's some folks that are so sharp. <laughs> said the man, I see about five inches difference in your religion and their heathenism. Their rings in the nose, your rings in the ears. What are you sitting there for? Are you sitting by somebody that has some on? Don't let it shake you. It's been that way for ages, and it'll be that way for ages. And if this embarrasses you, next year you may be for sale. But we're not. 
am not. This tabernacle's not. This is the kind of preaching you ought to hear every year. Underneath this tabernacle, we want to tighten down the lid, drive down the nail, and let this world know beyond the shadow of a doubt, we'll die for this. We'll stand for this. We'll wear our body out for this because we're not for sale. We're not for sale. So take your sign down, ladies. Take your sign down, girls. Don't present yourself as a flirt. Don't be a little seductress that wears a size eight and buys a size six. You come to your senses here. Are you listening to me? Don't be a seductress. I don't do your best but to expose God's body that he's given you and try to keep it covered with material too. You'll be putting a sign up that although I tend, it's not in my heart like it really ought to be. Boys, don't be for sale. But don't walk around the campground with somebody that'll black mark your ministry and make us wonder what you're up to. You young preacher boys, you keep yourselves pure. You keep yourselves undefiled and stay under a light or they'll never call you for a revival. Hey, we've got to guard ourselves that we don't sell out because it has been done and it can be done. I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. I ain't done yet. If it's not worth keeping, if it's not worth doing, if it's not worth having, if it's not worth wearing, if it's not worth smoking, if it's not worth drinking, if it's not worth its weight in the blessings of God and in the glories of God, you get rid of it, you burn it. Brother, if Brother Cox is still in here, I hugged David's neck last night. Buzzard, got a hold of God. Ralph Cox's church a few years back in a revival. He's still here, folks. And he still looked like he's a living right to me. Some things is worth keeping. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. This little boy, whose name was Naboth, in his heart said, Ahab, I can't let you have this vineyard because according to the law that I've read, the land's not mine to give away. The Lord said in Leviticus, it shall not be sold forever. So because of the will of God for my life, I cannot sell out for this vineyard. I'm going to be honest with you now and probably embarrass my little sweetie pie. But the will of God means more in my life right now than any offering anybody under this tabernacle could give me. When a man tried to buy me out with any gun of my choosing, in a gun room loaded from one end to the other. I picked the rustiest thing that I could find to get him to hush his mouth. I'm not for sale. I am not for sale. If things had been different in my life, my wife would have a different lifestyle. And I wouldn't have to leave the trailer on Thursday night and tell my niece, keep an eye on Tricia.
she's sick tonight. I'd have a different lifestyle. If I was for sale, my money would be coming in from different channels than the dear children of God. But I wasn't for sale. If I'd have been for sale, the Lord might have blessed me and her with children. But I'm not for sale. And God saw it. And God has taken us and using us down avenues that it would have been difficult to have done if we had had children in my particular ministry. So we're doing without children. And we're doing without some finer things in life. And guess what? I'm a poor, poor rich man. Can't you see? Something's happened to me. I'm a millionaire. I am walking in the will of God. There's men under this tabernacle that's more capable of being preaching right now. You hear me? Some of them youth night preachers around here, they got halfway more anointed than what I am right now. But my ministry in the will of God means more to me than anything in this world. Anything in this world. And if you counted your experience as dear as I count mine, We'll never hear talk about you. If you preachers will count your experience, say, I want to tell you something so bad that I can't hardly stand it and I can't work it in. I just can't hardly do it. But brother, sister, the will of God for this camp meeting is for holiness and praise and worship to be promoted. Don't sell it out. For fashion, for nothing. Don't sell it out. Don't sell it out. I'm hurrying. Second reason Naboth said I can't do it is my daddy owned this vineyard. Generations before me fought the drought, fought the storms, and fought the bugs. And I cannot sell it out. I cannot sell it out. I cannot sell it out. Brothers and sisters, men of God before me, I reached over and told Tracy tonight when Mike was up there shaking his head and grinning, just like his dad. I said, Brother Bob Holden held me a revival when I was a preaching and pastor down in Florence, Texas, back in 1979. And he didn't shoot cannonballs at snowbirds. And I can't either. I've got a heritage that I've got to live up to if it kills me. We've got a heritage to live up to if it kills us. And to see you go liberal and to see you go worldly is to walk over Claude Ely's grave and spit in the dust. And they thought this is worth dying for. And God love your little tender hearts. So do I. So do I. The tumor in my side last year didn't near bother me as bad as the thought that I might not get to preach the Bristol meeting last year. Hallelujah to God. There's a heritage that we've got to hold fast to. And then Naboth turned around and said, I got kids coming along that's going to want this vineyard for me. So for tomorrow, I got to tell you right now, man, 
I ain't a selling out today. I ain't a selling out today. Mike Holden put his arm around me when we left the tabernacle last night and said, don't ever mess up, man. Don't ever mess up, man. He said, there's kids. There's kids that think you're it. Not wanting to be rude right now, but would all you adults like me to take a quick vote out of all these teenagers sitting under this building, if they, if they like me or not, would you like us to take a quick vote? Some of them started youth camp with us. Some of them are carrying on youth camp with us. One boy walked up and said, I'm too old to go this year. Snubbing. I wish I could be there, though. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm 34, and I'm still kicking up my leg at it. There's young folks are watching us and a pattern in their life after us. And could it be that Sally's hair ain't right because mama's ain't? Could it be we can't trust Junior because we can't trust Daddy? Because of the kids that's going to have to keep. Brother Moore was talking today about this meeting going on. And who would have to do what? Say, one of these days, somebody else is going to have to be the chairman of this camp meeting. Don't sit there and look at me like that. We ain't a voting in. Don't worry. One of these days, somebody else is going to have to run this meeting. One of these days, somebody else is going to have to keep the flame of God alive and the power of God alive. And I ain't going to sell out for none of it because of these boys standing right here looking at me. And because of these girls sitting right here looking at me, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. Well, if you continue preaching like you're preaching, they won't even use you no more. They ain't selling out neither. You're the one that might not get used no more. We know what we know is right. And we ain't a selling out. I'm just a doing what I feel like doing tonight. But I ain't done yet. <laughs> I ain't done yet. And so, because of yesterday and because of tomorrow, we ain't going to sell out. We ain't going to do it. Are you ready? Here we go. My message is not for sale. My saxophone is not for sale. My standards are not for sale. My mannerisms are not for sale. I wouldn't even sell you my bell if I owned it. Woo! My bell is not for sale. My gate is not for sale. No. Nothing that God has slapped in my heart is for sale. Are you listening to me? My wife is not for sale. No. Her ministry is not for sale. Her appearance is not for sale. And would you not get quiet on me if I said, my methods are not for sale.
Now, don't try to do it just like I do it, or they'll crucify you, fellers, someplace. Now, you just, and I ain't going to try to do it like Brother Moore does it, because I can't sing some of them songs. I can't even find them on the piano. But he ain't for sale. And I ain't for sale. Hang on. Hang on. I just thought it would be wonderful. On this last night of camp meeting, if I just let my hair down and did what I felt like doing. Yeah. So I'm going to. I'm going to. I would like for everybody under this tabernacle to understand from the east to the west, north, and south. We ain't a selling out for nobody. You put the pressure on the pulpit. My dear precious board member, he may move out, but the good ones ain't going to sell out. And one of these days, you'll jolly well get what you deserve if you don't straighten up and fly right. <laughs> I just leave a will. We're going to start it this way evangelism across this countryside ain't going to sell out. You will never find me and Gary Edenfield lining up at the toll booth in Tulsa racing each other for the Bristol campground to see who can get here first, to see who can put it over the fastest, to see who can preach it the best. We ain't going to do it. Because we ain't for sale. We ain't going to do it. We ain't going to do it. You'll never find, you'll never find a Brother Adams, a racing Brother Moore for the pulpit to see who can sing the first. We ain't going to sell out. We are not going to do it. We are not going to do it. October 1981, Waterville, Maine. A young evangelist like some of you didn't have the truck and the trailer I got now. Didn't have the meetings I have now. One night, Teddy Huffman and the Jim's big bus rolled up. I got to play with them one night. The black boy played the drums. The black boy played the bass, and the white boy played the piano that night. One revival every three months. Reached down in my pocket, pulled it out, had a couple quarters to rub together. 750 miles from home, didn't have enough money to get back there. I said, God, what are you going to do for me? I know I'm not the best piano player, 
I see Nancy Edenfield sitting over there, one of the finest women piano players that ever walked in shoe leather. But I'll tell you why I feel good about being among you tonight, about playing the piano here, and about piano playing in Allentown, and why I feel so good about shouting with you, felt so good about preaching with you, when I didn't have anything going my way. The devil came by and said, we'll give you $350 a week to play the piano. You can ride the bus. You can play under the bright lights. October 1981, you can hear the crowds clap if you'll come with us. Will you sell out to us? I looked down that little calendar I had. That was October. That was nothing but one meeting in the middle of January of the next year. Had a little pinto car. What am I going to do, Lord? What am I going to do? I got down and prayed, and God said, I did not call you to be a piano player. Professionally, I called you to, first of all, be a preacher of the gospel and to use your talent among the people. Amen. I stuck my sign up in the face of Teddy Huffam that day, and I said $350, $500, $700. I'm not for sale. I'm going to stay with the people of God. Amen. They're my people. I'm going to play for them. I'm going to preach for them. I'm going to walk with them. Amen. I'm going to stay with you. Amen. I'm going to preach what's right. Amen. I'm going to play what's right because I'm not for sale. Amen. This is right. It'll take us somewhere. Say. Right around here. We are selling out. You hear me? We ain't going to do it. fuss and fight with one another when we all started out with not a dime in our pocket? Forget it! Forget it! Trisha, step on out and break her out here. Forget it! Hey, I'm telling you what. Not for sale because the trade's not worth it. You know, I started out just about 10 years ago, full-time evangelistic work. I remember the time that I didn't have any revivals. I remember the time when I got behind on a bank bill and I fell on my face in prayer and I called on the Lord and said, Lord, preachers ought to pay their bills. And I said, God, I'm going to need your help to stay on the road. And since that time, God's blessed me with many revivals and I paid every bill and never been behind one month. And I remember just a... About three years ago, I was preaching in the state of uh, West Virginia. While I was there, the Lord laid a wholeness message on my heart. I preached against women wearing britches, cutting, cutting their hair, and watching television like most of us wholeness preachers preach. Man stood up right in front of my face, started hollering, legalism, legalism, but I just kept on a preaching. Just a few months ago, I was in the state of Indiana, and the Lord laid the same message in my soul and I kept a preaching old time Bible holiness and preachers refused to shake my hand. But you know tonight I ain't searching for a place to preach. I believe I just keep on preaching holiness. Keep on going with the people of God and my ministry, my home, my life, my prayer, my God, my blessing and my soul is not for sale because it's not worth the trade. I'd a whole lot rather have the glory 
of God in my soul. I'd a whole lot rather have the fellowship of God's people. I'd a whole lot rather have the Spirit of the Lord a flood in my heart, a living ride with a home in heaven. And it's not for sale tonight. Or come hell or high water, I believe I'll just march on and make my way the pearly gates home forever. And it's not for sale. Yeah, right up there in front of you, Daryl. Big as a gate right in front of you. Say, we ain't for sale. Y'all getting tired of this? Good, because I ain't done yet. We may build a hedge before this thing's over with. 1978, I came to a youth camp in Granite City, Illinois. I really thought I was saved. I really did. I had a bunch of rock and roll tapes at home. People at school even thought I was saved because I never did cuss, never did smoke, never did drink. Had a lot of things in my heart, though. Done a lot of things nobody knew about. Listening to rock and roll was bad enough to send my soul to hell. But I went, and I really thought I was saved. Now, I got in the meetings, and... There was a preacher preaching at night. I really admired him. We was having some good services. I remember one night on a Wednesday night, a man, well, not a man, one of my friends standing right beside me was praying through. The Holy Ghost fell, and he just started shaking and shouting. And I thought to myself, my, I'd like to feel the power of God like that. I really thought I was saved. I want to emphasize that. But the next morning, and I even prayed that night, wanting to feel the power of God, but I couldn't feel nothing. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I couldn't feel nothing. The next morning, this little preacher right here got up and preached a message on hell. Preached it so hot I could feel the flame. prayed like a sinner instead of praying like a saint and God saved my soul that night I prayed through again and the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost and fire and I shouted and spoke in tongues for an hour and a half or two hours and I've never been the same since I went home and I threw away my rock and roll records I put them in the trash can and the devil came up to me and said, you backslid ever, every year since. I want to ask you, what are you going to do if you backslide again? Are you going to go out and buy those records again? Hey man, I went and I dug my tapes out of the trash can and I got a hammer and I pounded them until there wasn't nothing left. I said, I ain't planning on backsliding. I ain't planning on going back. I started praying, and I prayed three hours a day. One time my brother came in the room and said, He's praying again, Mom. Amen. 
I prayed and read my Bible as much as I could, preached my first message in September of 78, and God has been a-touching me and a-blessing me ever since. And I want to tell you, what I got back in 78 is not for sale. It'll never be for sale. I always want to preach the gospel. I always want to live for God and be a holiness unto the Lord. I went to school that year, and I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I'll look back, and I could tell you a lot of things that would shame me. I went to school that year. Amen. And I sat down beside a bigger boy than me on the bus. And God had been dealing with me about witnessing to people. I was scared to death. I started talking to him about Jesus. You know, I really didn't want a witness. I found out if you get so full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to talk about Jesus sometime. And I began to talk to Chipper Brandstetter. And right there on the bus going to school, he bowed his head and prayed. I went there to the to the study hall and I started leaving a track on my on the desk every day. The boy came in and sat down beside of me. He got to reading the track. I got to talking to him about Jesus. It took about two weeks and I said, David, do you want to get saved? And tears welled up in his eyes. He said, yeah, I want to be saved. I said, well, let's pray here. He said, what if everybody sees me? I said, let's put our heads down on this table and act like we're going to sleep. Let's pray. <laughs> I found out this. I found out this. If you'll be bold, it won't be too long until they quit trying to tempt you to go back. If you're more proud of what God's gave you and you hold on it like it was more precious than gold, even in front of the whole world, I want you to know they'll shake their heads and say he's got something that I ain't got. I never did have any trouble with them offering me booze and all these other things again. They knew I had something that wasn't for sale. Y'all tired of standing up? Good. Quick train. Hit the road last June. Really nowhere to go. A few months ago in February, I sat and went and met a Pentecostal Church of God preacher. Asked me to come preach for him. I did. Said, I want to take you by our district place. There at the headquarters. There I went. Sat down with the PYPA president of the California Church of God, Pentecostal Church of God. He looked at me, began to tell me some things. I don't believe my dad used to live this way and used to t taught us not to cut our hair and taught us 
not to wear uh, my uh, the girls to wear makeup my sisters uh, this and that and he knocked on the preachers that preach against the kind of music uh, that I preached to you about yesterday and he went on and on uh, and he was telling me that and telling me that and I just sat there and looked at him and when he got through blowing his stack uh, I pointed my finger in his face uh, and I said everything you've told me I believe in holiness and I believe that it's right and I'm not for sale. I'm going to tell you that everybody, amen, every young person, let their hair grow out, look like the world. But this 24-year-old preacher is not for sale. Woo! Come out of a church. My Lord, oh, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble. Came out of the church, it's done gone whirly. And the word to get back, I know it will. But I've preached it there and I can say it here. Sat there preaching them a weekend when one of the deacons came up to me. Woo! He said, I want to tell you something. I believe in good Bible preaching. But I believe that we don't, uh, amen, have to believe in the traditions of men. Uh, amen, it's all man-made. We don't need it. Uh, I just looked at him. I said, well, you're going to believe what you want to. Amen. But that night I got up uh, and the power of God began to come down on me as I was preaching on a power shortage uh, and that your sin separates. Uh, amen. And I told them that night, uh, amen, you can say it's the traditions of men. Uh, but if it was good enough for my grandpa, it's good enough for me. If it was good enough for my dad, it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Say, we've been starting in the middle and going down. What about the other end of the scale? What about a veteran evangelist? What about what brother Don Rich? has to say about this. Praise God. I've had many opportunities over the many years that I've been preaching to sell out. Hallelujah. And I'd like to encourage every young evangelist, every preacher, that we have something more valuable than what the world has to offer. One of Ahab's arguments was, I have a vineyard that's better than yours. And if you would trade me, I'll give you one that's better than the vineyard you have, neighbor. But Ahab knew he was lying. If he had a vineyard better than Naboth's, why was Ahab trying to trade his vineyard for Naboth's vineyard? And if alcohol and drugs and perversion and sex is better than holiness, why is the devil enticing holiness children to come back out into the world. I declare unto you upon the authority of this book that there is nothing more valuable, nothing more virtuous, nothing more holier than the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God and the blood of the Lamb of God. Not for sale. I've seen them sell out right around me, right where I live. After I have preached holiness, I've seen those same people turn who backed me while I was preaching holiness and says, when it all clears out, we'll still be with you, Brother Rich. I've seen those same people sell out.
but I'm not for sale. Hallelujah. I had one man to offer me. I can prove it if there's any doubt about it. A beautiful farm. Told my wife, you pick the house plan you want. And we'll build you the kind of house your wife wants. With all of these beautiful pine trees, all we ask you to do is just let up on two things. Oh, I guess I better quit here, but, but I'll tell you, the devil wants you to land up. But oh, Brother Joey, keep on preaching holiness. Keep on preaching against what the enemy has to offer. For you see, we have an inheritance among them that are sanctified that cannot be bought with diamonds, pearls, or gold. Hallelujah. Not for sale. If mother sells out, I'm not for sale. Sister sells out, I'm not for sale. My wife sells out, I'm not for sale. We must hold on to our integrity with God. Ahab would not give his vineyard. He would not trade his vineyard. And he would not sell his vineyard. And I would like to say that it encourages my heart so much when I see these young preachers of the gospel carrying on with the same doctrine that we have preached to them down through the years stay in there young boys and girls live for God just a little ways father just a little ways father these blessings we're receiving is only only the in, uh, earnestness or the interest on our inheritance but just a little ways father brother Brock we will come into the fullness of our inheritance. Heaven is a holy place. Holy city, holy angels, holy God, holy Son, holy Ghost. The people that's going there will be a holy people, not for sale. Say at any time you feel like joining this bunch, if you're an outcast and used to have this, and you feel like a stranger underneath this tabernacle, I'd like to tell you that the doors open wide and the gates open wide. And if you think it's just us fellers that's got our minds made up, see what a lady Well, it'd take me a long time to tell everything I'd like to, but uh, I'm not going to. But uh, when I got saved, and the Lord called me, uh, nobody that surrounded me believed the Lord would call me. And, uh, but I heard, I heard a higher voice than an earthly voice, praise God. And when they said, that's an impossibility, I heard another voice saying, it's possible. With me, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And so, when I was a little girl, I took off uh, traveling the roads, hallelujah. I didn't have a car, much less a trailer. I traveled on the buses eight months or nine months, 10 months maybe, I traveled on the buses. Then a man gave me a car, and I traveled like that for a long time. And the devil said, you'll never get married preaching like you preach and looking like you look and living like you live, you'll never get married. And you know what? I said, 